Welcome everyone to another episode of the Too Many Hobbies podcast. I am your host Brian Althorpe. We have a great episode today. We're going to be talking about retriever training, especially my retriever and what we started with, where we have ended up in the last seven months. So let's get into it. start this episode by talking about when I decided to get a gun dog and how I started looking for a dog. I really didn't look. I had a neighbor that had a dog that I really liked the size of. His brother had a dog that they were going to breed together and I liked the size about like 75 pounds mostly so that when I have to lift the dog into the boat when we're hunting I don't have to lift a 110 pound lab in the boat so that was really my only stipulation when I was looking for a gun dog it didn't really cross my mind to be looking at big breeders and I just knew that I didn't want to spend a lot of money on a dog and honestly in hindsight it would have been a better idea to look at a reputable breeder just so that I could find a dog with the drive and the genetics that you really want in a dog that you're going to put this much time and effort into. And I've gotten lucky to the point where I have a dog that has drive for hunting, but it could be better. I'm not going to lie. It could be a lot better. He has his days, but as of now, I mean, I've, I've put the work in and we're almost there but starting from the beginning when I brought the puppy home I basically just started I wanted to get him acclimated to the house I wanted him to get acclimated to the other dog and my first priority was making sure that he learned his name and that he learned to go potty outside as for any any dog owner getting a puppy and trying to teach it you know to go outside to use the bathroom is probably one of the more difficult things um boomer picked that up pretty quickly and that was very nice that he picked it up so quickly because it made a lot less stressful when i was trying to do other things with him like crate train him and start working on you know sit and stuff like that And to be perfectly honest, I didn't really start training him until he was six months old, as far as a gun dog training program. And that was mostly due to the fact that I didn't really know what I was doing. I had done a lot of research and I knew kind of the basics of what I had to do. But as I started doing it with him when he was like four and five months old, I realized that I was just going to get frustrated doing it and I didn't want to screw that up because I wasn't going to get another dog for this. This was my one shot that I'm taking until, you know, further down the road when I get another dog. But at this point, 
I didn't want to mess that up. And luckily, I have a trainer that's only, I think he's three miles from my house. And he does a fantastic job with his training regimen. Now, what I do with him is meet with him once a week for about an hour, an hour and a half. And he gives me things to work on throughout the week. And that's been really helpful for me only because if I didn't have somebody that was each week kind of checking in and seeing how the dog was doing, I probably wouldn't have the same motivation that I do to make sure that he's making progress. And that's the hardest thing I've found is that the progress that you make is very minimal week by week. You have a couple big breakthroughs, but as far as like the beginning of our training when he was six months old, it was very monotonous, I guess is the best word to use. It was every day going out into the barn in February for 20 to 25 minutes and just repetitively walking around, having him heal, having him sit, having him stay. And then as we got a little bit further into that couple weeks, then you start adding like whistles and a little bit of retrieving at the end just to kind of get him amped up and get him uh, excited for the next time that I'm going to come out. But the hardest thing is just forcing yourself to go out and do it. I mean, that's the repetitiveness of going out there every single day is what ingrains those drills into the dog's head. And it's just so important to do that right off the bat because a bad dog stems from bad obedience. And I wanted to make sure that his obedience was good, that he understood what I was asking of him before we got into the more complicated stuff because... I'm not going to sit out in a field or in a marsh with a dog that's just wandering around and doesn't stay until it's told to go. I have very specific expectations that I want of this dog. And to be completely honest, that was those two are my biggest ones. If the dog sits still and he doesn't go until he's told, he can have sloppy retrieves, especially this first year, and I'm not really going to mind. But as long as his obedience is good, then that's what's going to you know, get me more confident in taking him out because I don't want to have to deal with... And it, it doesn't even have to do with me. I don't want to be the guy that brings his dog and has a dog that doesn't listen. And nobody wants to be around that. Oh, I don't want... Oh, we're, we're going to bring Brian, but oh, hopefully he doesn't bring that dog. I don't want that at all. I want to have the dog that everybody goes, you know, he needs some work, but at least he's not sitting here whining and he's not sniffing around. And he's not ruining the hunt. That's fine. I can take that. And for the first year, he's really not going to hunt all that much. If he happens to flip a switch and just becomes an insane duck dog, then that's fine. But this is a year of, tra of training and learning for him. And especially in the early season, he's not going to hunt. But I always get way too far off topic with this, but or I jump ahead of myself. So getting back to the transition from obedience and kind of working myself out of the barn, 
I worked on very short retrieves as the obedience progressed and I could get him to sit on place on a pallet and I could make him stay while I tossed something out, bumper or wing, and I would walk out and get it. That way he could he would learn that he doesn't get every retrieve. And I think that that, that drill is so overlooked by other people that I've watched that are training their dogs and they have an issue with their dog breaking or not honoring another dog is that they haven't learned that they don't get every retrieve. And that comes down that comes into play a little bit further down the road, but after I started getting a lot of the obedience work hammered down, then it was a little bit easier to go out and work with them because I'm not dealing with a dog that's just wants to play and we were still using a slip slip lead um I didn't have him on a shot collar yet and after a few weeks of going to the trainer and kind of working outside then I started to get a little bit more comfortable that we were heading down the right path for the obedience. So once we started working outside, when it got a little warmer and we were using wings and bumpers and in taller grass, we realized that he would go out for the retrieving item, but he would just kind of hang out out there. And when you're using a slip lead, you don't have the reach. Like you can have a, a check cord and as soon as they get 30 feet from you, you have no control over them. So we transitioned from the check cord to collar conditioning, and I use a Sport Dog 425 collar, and that's where I saw the biggest improvement in how the how Boomer reacted to my commands. Once he realized that if he went out near the bumper and didn't pick it up, I could I could zap him. I could get him. And I feel like that was the turning point in our training when he finally realized like I have to go out and get this thing and bring it back or else I'm going to get zapped. And I mean that's not the honestly from the beginning that's not how I wanted to train him. But seeing his demeanor and realizing like he has to know that there is a consequence for him not doing what he's told that's when the switch flipped for him and then that's when it got fun that's when it got to the point where I can say well I can be outside and I can do these longer retrieves and I don't have to worry about him going out grabbing a bumper and running away with it he goes out he grabs a bumper he brings it right back he heals he sits he releases very simple and so that was when we kind of started working a little bit more with trying to get him acclimated to the water for some reason he was just so afraid of the water right off the bat that he wouldn't go in puddles he would literally stop in the driveway and walk around a puddle he didn't like the water don't know what it was but 
he just would not do it. And I couldn't understand it. So what we started working on was I was throwing a bumper in my backyard. Part of my property floods a little bit. And when the grass was real tall back there, it was real marshy. And so I would throw a bumper in there. I would have my other dog who would go in the water and go get it. And then that kind of stirred up the jealousy for him. But he would still only go in in water that was only a couple inches deep. Like he wouldn't go any deeper. If it was an open patch of water and there was no grass sticking up out of it, he wouldn't go to it. He would lean into the water, like really stretch himself out and go into the water to grab it. Maybe take a step or two, but it, it just didn't. He didn't want to do it. It blew my mind. I couldn't understand why. But he would, if you got him all riled up, he would run through it. So I I just couldn't understand it. And then I just kept, I didn't push it. I didn't pull him through the water. I just kind of walked out with him. A couple times I tried to kind of force heal him through the water. And then I realized that that was just doing more harm than good. So I just cut that out and just kind of made him I just got him riled up with the bumper and then I would toss it in the water or I would get him a goose wing and that kind of seems to be the one thing that if I really want him to do something take the goose wing and then that's how I can get him he gets more jacked up for that than anything else so that was helpful but after a while it was just I hit a, a roadblock and we tried getting him in and he just kind of shut down so then I went back to the retrieving, started just really dialing in, retrieving, and I was hiding bumpers and kind of sending him on blinds to get him used to finding the wing or the bumper with scent and the wind. And so that was beneficial. I just kind of took a step back, made sure that I was kind of hammering home the things that I knew he could do well and backing off forcing him to get in the water so it was still kind of cold um it wasn't exactly ideal to be getting him in the water but i didn't think it was preventing him from getting in the water so a month or so after i was doing that i think we're we're into maybe may at this point and he just was still afraid of getting in the water but at the end of May it got real warm so I took him over into the lake and it was a real calm day so the waves weren't very big and tried to get him in and he was afraid of the waves crashing on the beach and I just picked him up carried him and set him in the water and he sprawled his legs out he would not move he was just so distraught at what just happened But it was only about shin high on me, so it was just barely at his stomach. And just took the wing and started patting it around in the water and finally started getting him a little more jacked up. And from that point on, he would get into the water, but he would only get up to about his chest. And I had the same thing happen with my other dog, Sadie. I mean, she's four now. And just this year, she started swimming around in the water, like, by herself. 
she wouldn't swim before unless it was like a really gradual uh like decline to out into the the water and then she could slowly start swimming but like I, I don't know if it had something to do with the jealousy of having another dog that was that we were trying to get in the water or what it was but so I would have her swim out and tried to get him to go in past his chest and he just wouldn't I couldn't understand why and but he was running through shallow water he was running through like the marshy areas in shallow water when we were doing retrieving drills and one day I think it was in June all of a sudden a switch flipped on that too he just we threw it out we had another dog that we were working with at the trainer and he kept just busting ass into the water and Boomer had to sit there and watch him do it and I think eventually he just got to the point where he was like I want that stop sending this other dog I'm gonna get it so one day he just started swimming out there he got the wing he did it a couple more times and from that point on I can't keep that dog out of the water and that was something I really, I lost sleep over thinking about it. Like, I just got myself a dog that doesn't even like the water. How am I going to hunt with him? And it was pretty disappointing for a while. I, you see all these other people that have puppies and they just sprint right into the water like it's nothing. And then I'm sitting here, like, freaking out because my dog won't get in the water. And now... If I get him anywhere near the water, he just starts swimming around in there. And I don't stop him anymore. I mean, a couple times I've been I've told him no just because I don't want to have to deal with him being wet and come inside, but that doesn't really stop him from getting in the water any other time. So I don't feel too bad about it, but if he wants to get in the water and it's super hot in the summer, I just let him. He dries off super quick, so it's really not that big of a deal, but... It'll be nice during hunting season when he dries off quick, like in the time that it takes for us to get back to the house. That'll be really nice. So once we got past the water, really just been kind of working with him on that and just keeping him comfortable swimming and retrieving in the water, kind of helping him build up his swimming abilities just so that, you know, if he gets into deep water water with current that he just doesn't go floating down the river or wherever we're at and uh now he's very comfortable with that he goes barreling through the water and then once he gets to a deep spot he just jumps through it and no problem at all so when he was a puppy i would give him he was a puppy during hunting season so i would give him dead birds just to get him used to it and I think yeah once we shot maybe twice we shot around him and it didn't seem to bother him at the time and that was when he was four or five months old now at a year we're introducing him to gunfire and the first day that I brought out my gun he wanted nothing to do with it and it's just one of those things I've just had to trust the process all the way through this. And I thought, well, if he doesn't want to be around a gun, I, I've got myself a useless do gun dog. 
I don't have a gun dog. I just have a retriever. And in the last week or so, I've really just trained with him being around the gun and he doesn't mind the gun anymore and racking the shells and stuff that doesn't bother him like it did the first day but I really thought and this is where I probably screwed up that shooting around him a couple times that he would be used to it when I really should have either waited a little bit and then introduced him to it and didn't and kept it consistent or started when I did and still kept it consistent because and I mean you know that's just a that's just a part of the process is you especially with your first dog that's you're just learning you learn by making mistakes I didn't want to make a big mistake and I'm hoping that within this week I ordered some uh, popper shelves to get him used to that and just going to ease him into that the same way I did with the water retrieving and really hope that that helps with the 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 gun conditioning and just make sure that I don't do anything too quickly with that because if I do I'll just I'll screw it all up and then he won't hunt at all this season now piggybacking off that I gave him these birds during hunting season hoping that then he would be fine with picking up birds and he would carry these birds around the yard and drag them around and all that now that we're introducing dead birds to him he's fine with feathers he doesn't care about that for some reason he will only pick it up if I get him like really amped up and he was doing that at the trainer last week too and I'm just trying to like it's kind of gotten better but I'm just trying to get him used to holding dead birds not force fetching him on dead birds but just get him used to holding it picking him up even if I have to get him really jacked up if I have to get him really jacked up that's fine I don't care but hopefully that's gonna help and we'll find out later this week I think what I'm gonna try to do this week is get him to my buddy's dad's marsh and see if Picking up birds out of the water will be better. Because if he's swimming, he'll grab anything. So if he's swimming, he, he will probably just grab it. And then it will seem like he just has a wing or something else. I'm going to see if that works. And if not, then uh, go back to the drawing board. See what the trainer has to say. And kind of go from there. And I think that's about where we're at now in the training that was a very brief timeline of the dog training in the last seven months but for the first three or four months it's just basically obedience so there's really not a whole lot to talk about um i'm sure as i have other people on that will get a little more detailed in uh dog training especially because i'm not a professional dog trainer by any means but I think aside from just giving a brief overview of where we're at because I know I'll get more in depth when I start talking about certain topics and 
stuff like that for retriever training that it'll come back into play but it just kind of gives a a timeline of where I started with this dog where he's at and hopefully this year I don't think that I'll have him out in the early season unless he just turns a corner and starts picking up birds and is fine with the shotgun but I'm not really in a rush I don't care if he hunts the early season or not I just want him to get it, get out during the regular season in October or December for his first time or not December November sorry um I just want him to get some practice in this year so that next year he's ready to go and can go on almost every hunt It'll be difficult for him this year, only because I'm going to be layout hunting quite a bit, and uh, there's no need to have a dog for layout hunting. You could you could do it just for fun, but it's really not necessary. So, what I'm hoping is that I can get him maybe some dove hunting. Um, that should be pretty easy, and then... Get him on some duck hunts. See if I can get him on a couple geese this year. But uh, unless he really turns that corner, I don't see him going on a ton of hunts. And that's fine. I, w- I would also like to have him on some hunts with other dogs so that he can maybe feed off of their energy and see see what they're doing. See a, a seasoned dog in in its environment and maybe that'll help him too i mean it it can't hurt so we'll have to see about that but at this point we are what three weeks out from the early season so just gonna keep working with him just get him used to some scenarios like get, get him behind the panel blinds and kind of get him used to, even if I have to just train him where the training day is we just sit in the panel blind for a half hour. That way he he knows that every time that we go out, it's not retrieving. I mean, we're going to have those days. So I don't think it can hurt to do that. I've started incorporating one day dedicated to obedience just because I feel like when we started getting into the retrieving stuff, not that obedience went out the window, but obedience kind of takes a back seat to making sure that they have good retrieves. If they go get the item and bring it back, you know, you're praising them for that. But there's times where they break, and instead of yelling at them because you don't want to hinder their drive to go pick something up, You just kind of let it go. And I feel like the more I focus on obedience, even after we've started doing the actual retrieving and like hunting scenarios, I don't want the obedience to come back to bite me when we're out in the field or if he does a hunt test, God forbid he does something dumb at this hunt test because I didn't take the time to refresh him on it. And then he fails. And I, I, I wouldn't be upset 
I would be upset at myself more than anything else if he failed because it was something that I could have controlled if I had taken the time to just refresh him on it and keep him obedient throughout his retriever trading. So we're going to see where that goes, and I'm hoping that in the next couple weeks we get him kind of polished up and then I can use September to really, I can use birds from September, like fresh birds. Maybe that'll help. I can kind of take that month and get him right where I want to. And if he does a hunt test, that's great. If not, I'll wait and I won't focus on the hunt test just because it's not as important to me as him getting hunting practice. So... I would rather focus on that kind of stuff, and then we can start working on hunt test stuff after that. But I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I appreciate everybody tuning in. I have finally created an Instagram account for this podcast. It is Too Many Hobbies Podcast on Instagram. We are on Stitcher. Podcast Addict, Spotify, Apple, or yeah, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play. It's going going on iHeartRadio. I have it everywhere that I could possibly think that people would want to listen to it. And to be honest, so far it seems like half the people are listening on Spotify. So if you're on Spotify, thank you for everybody else that's listening. Thank you. I'm really hoping that. Everybody's enjoying these episodes. I'm hoping that we can get some guests on pretty soon when I dis- when I figure out how to do that. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And until next time, we'll see you. Hey!